Turn with me to Proverbs, the 28th chapter, and then also to Luke, chapter 16. How many believe the time is short? And even if it wasn't short, your time is. (laughs) I mean, I don't care if you live a hundred years. That's nothing. It's here. It's gone. How many understand you're 50 years old or 60 years old or 70 years old? It don't seem like it's that long ago you were 18 years old. Right? And life is just very, very brief. It's very short. And so there's no time to play around, mess around. We need to get with it. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Amen? And that's what we're intending to do. And and God is doing great things all over the world. Churches are growing and churches are are being started in ministries of outreach. And there are people that want to play church and, you know, fool around. And, and we don't have time for that. Play politics and, and just do this and that. No, let's get the job done. Let's preach the gospel. Amen. Let's preach the word. And let's believe God for miracles. And let's, let's see what he can do. It's great. It's wonderful. In Proverbs, the 28th chapter... In praying about what would be good for today, this came up in my heart. And it's something, actually, I preached about some of this uh, back when we were talking about the works and ways of Jesus. I got into some of this. And it's something that's always been strong in my heart. But I thought we should cover it some more today. Proverbs 28 and verse 20. 28, 20. says, A faithful man shall abound... With blessings. He that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Obviously, people who get too hungry to make money get away from faithfulness. Huh? And if you're if you're not wanting to be a blessing with what you have, you'll get off. Right? But let's just look on that first part. A faithful man shall what? Abound. With blessings. How many like the sound of that? I want to say that just two or three times. A faithful man or woman, you understand, man has to do with both the male and the female. You have male men and female men. I know that sounds funny to you, but that's the way the Bible talks about it. A faithful man, a faithful individual will what? That word abound is akin to what we've been talking about. Too much. If you look it up, the word abundance and abounding has to do with overflow and too much. We've been talking about that, but there are qualifications for these things. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. In the 16th chapter of Luke, Luke 16, if you'd look there, Jesus teaches a whole passage about faithfulness. And let's look at what he said. He talked about what is faithful and what is not faithful. How many believe it's God's will for you to abound with blessings? Where people see your life. How many believe it's a witness? For people to see your life and you are just so blessed until they just look at you and shake their head and go, wow. Man, you are a blessed individual. You go, yeah, that's right. God's good to me. What would help you to qualify though? That you are a faithful individual. A faithful person. In Luke 16. 
Jesus said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man that had a steward, and he was accused to him that he had wasted his goods. This is Luke 16, now verse 2. He called him and said, How is it that I hear this of you? Give an account of your stewardship. You may no longer be steward. Because this guy had been in charge of his business and had wasted his stuff. Mishandled it. So he said, Give me the books. You're through. And the steward said to himself, what will I do? The Lord, my Lord takes away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I'm ashamed. I'm resolved what to do that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called everyone his Lord's debtors to him and said to him, how much do you owe my Lord? Now, this is not necessarily talking about the Lord Jesus. This is this guy's master. Do you understand? And he said, a hundred measures. And he said, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Everybody say crooked. That's, that's crooked. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said, uh, here, take your bill and write 80. Everybody say crooked. And the Lord, now this is not the Lord Jesus. This is this man's Lord or this man's master commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Now, he didn't pat him on the back and say, man, you did a good deal. You cheated me out of half of that bill. No, he said, you shrewd rascal. Hmm? You figured out how to make more money off of me getting out of this deal. He said, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. You know, a lot of times Christians are even foolish about money. And, you know, there's no uh, benefit to being naive and ignorant and throwing your money away. Right? You're not supposed to trust everybody that comes to you with everything just because they say, I'm a Christian. Well, you can get in this business deal with me. We're all Christians. No, you better be led just like they're not a Christian. You better seek God. Amen. And hear from him. We already talked about wise investment. He said, I say to you, make yourselves, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. You know, you can use money as a tool uh, to open doors and to minister to people. Doesn't mean you're trying to buy people, but you know, the Lord will deal with you if you'll be sensitive to give money even to people that's not saved. Maybe somebody you work with or a neighbor across the back fence. I know uh, some years ago, some people that lived next to us, the Lord dealt with me. I came in from preaching one day and he said, uh, the Lord, de- I don't mean I heard a voice, but the Lord dealt with me inside. Give him some cash money. I think it was like four or $500 cash money. Give him some money. And I thought, I don't even know if this guy's saved. You know, I don't even know what's going on with him. And the Lord dealt with me, just do it. So I went over and talked to him a little bit and stuck this cash in his hand. He looked at me like, what do you want? I said, well, I, you could probably use it. He said, you don't know. He said, my family had planned a vacation for a whole year, and we got our tickets and we got our stuff, but I got down to it and some things have come up. I had no cash at all for us to go. I said, well, go have fun. He said, what do you want? I said, nothing. (laughs) People people think there's got to be a string somewhere, you know. But you know that opened the door for us to preach the gospel to them, get some of their kids saved. Amen. 
lot of people, a lot of times people don't want to hear what you've got to say unless they first see that you really do care about them. And some of these things open doors. Not trying to buy people now, but just being led and being generous. He goes on to say, verse 10. This is, this is very important. He that is faithful in that which is least, Amplified says the very small thing, is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Is the Lord saying, if you wouldn't be faithful with money, you wouldn't be faithful with spiritual things? Hmm? If you're not faithful in a little thing, you wouldn't be faithful with much? You know, so many folk, you know, and I'm not getting ready to take up another offering now. Just just relax. We've received the offering. But, you know, so many people are waiting until something big happens and then they're going to give or then they're going to do. Wait until their ship comes in. But, you know, according to the scripture, whatever you're doing with your $5 and your 10 and your 20 is what you would do with $20 million. Hmm? And if you're not a giver with $20, you wouldn't be a giver with $20,000. Don't tell me you would. Jesus said you wouldn't. Amen. Amen. And so uh, people don't realize, but see, the key, how do we get from where we are to where we want to be? By being faithful right now, right where you are, with what you have right now. Amen. Amen. I know... uh, We've had the privilege of ministering healing to people for years. And I know one time in the speaker's room waiting on the Lord, I began to ask him, I said, Lord, I, I know it's the anointing that heals people. I know it's, it's the anointing, your power that sets people free. How can we have the anointing stronger on, on our life and in our ministry? I want the anointing stronger. Thank you for what we have. How can it be stronger? And I mean, I must have asked that a dozen times. You know how when you pray sometimes, sometimes say things too many times. And I'm praying, Lord, you know, uh, how can we have stronger anointing? Finally, I got quiet and he spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but distinctly inside me, he said to me, faithfulness. Faithfulness. I thought, Lord, okay, what does that mean? Faithfulness. And he finally brought this to my mind. He said, all of my people, all of my children receive an anointing when they're filled with the Spirit. Is that true? Scripture said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come on you. Amen. That's an anointing. He said, all of my people receive an anointing when when the Spirit comes on them, when they're filled with the Spirit. He said, many have done nothing with that anointing. Why would they need more? I thought, okay, I see what you're talking about. Whether you get more or whether you're promoted, whether you're increased, is based on what you do with what you have right now. If you're faithful in the small thing, then you qualify for more. Amen? Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Don't compare what you have, your, your understanding, your revelation, your money. What, but you are where you are. You have what you have, but be thankful for it and lift it up and make a big deal out of it. Say, Lord, I thank you for showing me this in the Word and keep it in front of you. Do all you can with it. And He'll see that and He'll give you more. 
But if you just cast it in a corner and, and hide your talent, you know, under a bushel and, and bury it, then you won't receive more. Everybody say faithfulness. Faithfulness. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. You know, the employers learn, understand this. This is the way the Lord operates. He has more workers under him than anybody. If you're thinking about promoting somebody, give them a broom. Amen. If they do a poor job sweeping the floor, do not promote them. Did you hear me? Let somebody handle $5. Let them handle 20 If they don't do good on that, don't give them 100 Did you hear me? And yet people say, oh, no, no, now, now if you'd give me something big, something that matters, then I'd really put myself on that. No, you wouldn't. Jesus said you wouldn't. He said, whatever you do with the very little, that's what you do with the very much. Amen. And, and this is happening all the time. Every day this is happening in our lives. The Lord is seeing what we do with what we have right now. And this one, the scripture said to him that has shall more be given. What does that mean? The person who uses what they have, who utilizes and takes care of what they have, they'll be given more. Keep reading. He said, verse 12, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Everybody say, just one master. One master. That's all you can have. If it's you, it's not God. Right? So faithfulness is the key to Abounding in blessings. Can you see here faithfulness is the key to increase? Lord, help me to get this out like I'm supposed to today. This is significant. This is important. Amen. Amen. How many believe God wants you way up above where you are right now? In every area. Wants you way up above where you are in anointing and in understanding of the word, in usefulness to him and fruitfulness to him. He wants you way up above where you are in health and strength vibrancy. He wants you way up above where you are financially. How, how are you going to get there? How are you going to get from where you are right now to there? That's, everybody said out loud real strong. How are you going to get there? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithful right here, right now with what we have. Amen. I don't care if you got $2.50. Do what the Lord tells you to do with it. Amen. So I said, you mean give it all away? I didn't say that. I said, do what he tells you to do with it. Amen. 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 With the anointing you have, the understanding you have, all you can do is walk in the light you have. But you can do that. And the Lord will see it. He'll be pleased. He'll say, well, they're doing pretty good with that little bit I gave them. Let's give them some more. See what they do with that. Amen. Amen. And if you keep being a good steward and you keep appreciating and you keep utilizing and you keep using, he'll just keep adding to you and adding to you and increasing you and increasing you. Amen. Amen. If you're faithful handling a hundred, he'll give you a thousand. If you're faithful with that, he'll give you ten thousand. If you're faithful with that, he'll give you a hundred. If you're faithful with that, he'll give you a million. Somebody said, how you know? He's done it with me. I I started out just as broke as anybody you ever wanted to see. 
Phyllis knows. She didn't marry me for my money. But the Lord's blessed us. I said, He's blessed us. Amen. We give big offerings. Glory to God. And the Lord just increased and increased. But you got to do what He tells you to do. When He tells you to do it. Where He tells you to do it. Everybody say faithful. Are you interested in knowing how to be faithful this morning? I have three things that I'd like to get to this morning. This is not all there is to be said on the subject. But here's three major things that has helped me and I believe will help you how to be faithful. Number one is in order to be faithful, you must be there. Everybody say be there. To be faithful, you must be there. Uh, The scripture says in Proverbs, it says, uh, let me turn it over here and read it. It says, many a man proclaims his own loyalty and faithfulness, but a faithful man who can find. You know, uh, people like to say, I'm faithful, I'm faithful. It's kind of like husbands and wives. I I met people, ladies that thought they were the greatest wife in the world. Well, that really don't make much difference. What does your husband think? He, he would know. Men that thought they were the greatest husband on the planet. Well, that's not the issue. What does your wife say? Right? And it's not just how faithful you say you are. The people that you're supposed to be faithful to, what do they say? Right? Your employers. Or the people that you're under. Whatever the case might be. So number one, what did I say? In order to be faithful, you must... Be there. Can you be a faithful daddy or mother and you're never there? When they need you, you're not there. When they look to you and you're not there. Can you be a faithful employee and you're not there? They look for you time to start and where are you? You're not there. Can you be a faithful church member and you're not there? Y'all don't get too quiet now. You tell off on yourself. Just... You know, if some of this applies to you, just smile. Look straight ahead and go, Amen, Brother Keith. That's it. You tell them. And, um, just, and then you get home if you need to fall across the bed and go, Oh, God, that was me. Oh, God. But, but nobody has to know right here this morning. Just sit up and look nice. We're not calling anybody's name. Everybody say, Be there. Be there. To be faithful, you must be there. A faithful person will be there, be there on time. You know, Phyllis used to hire people in the, in the secular world, in doctor's offices and that, that she managed and oversaw. And it's interesting, we had people, some, a lady came to her one time and said, you know, uh, she, her last employer let her go. And they said, you know, Phyllis said, why? And she said, well, I was late a few times. And uh, so she called the former employer. And come to find out, she was late more than a few times. She was just late all the time. And she said, and they, Phyllis said, how much late? And they said, well, it's supposed to be here at 8, gets here at 11.30, 12 o'clock. And uh, so Phyllis asked her about it the next time she saw her. And she said, you know what, what happened on that? And she said, well, uh, she was a Christian, charismatic. And so she said, uh, well, would you pray for me? You know, lay hands on me. I've just, I've got this spirit of slumber. 
And I just thought, you know, I want to get up. And I just, I can't get up. You know, I had, I had people in the service one time tell me that. Would you cast off this spirit of slumber? I just, you know, I, I, I don't get to church. I just sleep too late. And I told one of them, I said, uh, look at me. And they looked at me and I said, uh, what time did you go to bed Saturday night? And they said, well, well, what is that guy? I said, well, what time? What time? He said, well, I guess it was like maybe 2.30, 3. I said, sitting up watching TV. They said, mm-hmm. I said, well, I'll tell you what you do next Saturday night. You go to bed about 7 o'clock <laughs> and pray before you go to sleep. And see if you can get up in time to get to church. That's just ridiculous. There's people making excuses for the lust of the flesh. Any one of us could, I could have laid in bed this morning and said, do I really want to go and preach? I could have still been laying up in the bed. That wouldn't have been good, would it? You could lay in the bed and not go to work. That's just being carnal, being fleshy. Uh, a spiritual man or woman, you tell your body what to do. It does what you tell it to do. Whether it feels like it or whether it doesn't. Amen. You're in charge of your body, not your body dictating to you what to do because of the way that you feel. So, uh, you know, to be faithful, everybody say, you must be there. Listen to these scriptures. Proverbs 25:19. 25:19 says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. What does that mean? Well, the, the word faithful literally means, it means constant. It means reliable. It means trustworthy. It means you can count on it. Well, in a tooth, when you bite down on something to chew it up or to crunch it up, you're counting on that tooth to be there for you, right? To be solid, to crush that food. And if it breaks and gives way and it doesn't do the job and it causes you pain, he said, that's like an unfaithful person. Or when you step, you step out of here to go to your car, go to the parking lot, and you go to put your foot down on your weight and ankle, you're counting on that to hold you up. You're counting on that. How many counting on your feet to be there and your ankles to be there for you when you put your weight on them? Well, what if it gives way and and then you could fall? You could hurt yourself. He said, that's how an unfaithful man or woman is. You go to count on them to be there and they're not there. And this happens all the time. You've seen it in places of business, haven't you? We've seen it in the ministry. People will say, oh, boy, you need anything, you know, just... uh, uh, you know, you can count on us. And so you schedule for them to be there. Okay, you're going to work with the children. Okay, you go, you're going to sing. Okay, you're going to play. Okay, you're going to work in the parking lot. And then, and then you know, ten minutes before service, they're not going to come. You need a good reason. Did you hear me? I mean, things can come up that are serious enough that, you know, and we, under, we understand that. You should understand that in your job. But how many understand if it's the things of the Lord and you said you're going to be there and you just don't show up for some reason, you are unfaithful. That's right. Right? And you'll not be blessed. Amen. If you tell somebody you're going to be there, what should happen? If you're breathing and the world's turning, That's right. hmm? That's right. you should be there. Amen. Right? You tell them that you're going to take care of it. 
And, and, and you know, people use this excuse all the time. I forgot. Mm, I'm so sorry, I forgot. No, it wasn't important to you. That's right. You remember what's important to you. It's just a fact. People is all time forgetting stuff. It's because their priorities are all messed up. They're self-centered. I am preaching now, am I not? I'm not taking it back. It's true. You might forget something. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's important to you. People they don't forget to show up at work on Monday, but they forget to show up at the church. Well, no, it's just a matter of priorities. It's like this is important. This is not important. The things of God are the most important things there are. I can't tell you over these past decades how many times I went and preached when I didn't feel like I could walk. Did you hear me? I've had people that were going through tough times. And I remember one time I had a lady leading singing for me. And she had a boyfriend problem. And... uh, and it was tough on her. It was a serious deal. And she was crying. And we started to go out. And she looked at me. She said, I can't do it. I took her shoulders. I turned it around. I said, there's a platform. Here we go. Service time. Amen. And I said, that's hard. Listen. We're to endure hardness as a good soldier. Right. Amen. Amen. We're to take what we do seriously. Yes. I've, gotten up, I've gotten up before. I hadn't been able to speak for two days. Couldn't get a squeak out. I had lost my voice. But when it came service time, I prayed. I believed God. I stepped up on the platform and opened my mouth. And guess what happened? I could talk. Amen. You can't be uh, wimpy. You can't just be, you know, on again, off again in the things of God. And the way you are with people and the way you are on your job is the way you are with God. You don't just flip a switch and turn into somebody else. Everybody say, be there. You're supposed to be there at 8 o'clock. Be there when? <laughs> at least by the time. If you told somebody you'd take care of it, then what do you do? If you have to stay up late, right? If you have to do research, if you have to talk to people, if you said you'd do it, you don't just say, well, we tried and we kind of know what happened. We just couldn't do That's not faithful. You stay with it. You use your faith. Amen. Till you get it. Tell somebody you're going to do it. You do it. Glory to God. Faithful. Everybody say faithful. Number two. In order to be faithful, you must be true. To be faithful, you must be true. You know, that's one of the Lord's names. Revelation 19 says, I saw heaven open. I saw a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. Everybody say Faithful and True. This is a big part of being faithful. I mean, we use that kind of term. We say so-and-so was unfaithful to their husband or their wife. What does that mean? They were not true. They they said, "I, I won't cheat on you, and they did. Right? They said, I, I'll forsake others and stay with you, and, and they didn't do it. They lied. So in order to be faithful, you must be completely honest all the time about everything. Everybody say honest. True. And if we're going to be like him, he's faithful and true. How many believe we should be like him? We should be faithful 
and true. Listen to Proverbs 14.5. You don't have to turn there. Proverbs 14.5 says, A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Proverbs also says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. What does that mean? An honest slap is better than a false kiss. Right? Everybody say faithful means true. So if you're going to be faithful, you must be true. Now, uh, let let me read another scripture for you. This this goes along with it. It says, uh, uh, Psalm 101, the Lord said, My eyes will be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. How many like the sound of that? He that walks in a perfect way, he will serve me. He that works deceit shall not dwell in my house. And he that tells lies shall not tarry in my sight. Man, the Lord is very, very strong on this, isn't he? How many understand that you working for a man on the job? If you broke a piece of equipment and somebody says, who broke this? What do you say? I did. Right? Who did this? Who, who made this contract we lost money on? What do you say? I did. I did. If it cost you your job. You understand, friend? You do not lie under any circumstances. For You don't lie for your own mother. You don't lie for your own child. There is no justifiable excuse for telling a lie. And it's one of the worst things you could ever possibly do because you are attempting to convince somebody of a false thing based on your relationship with them. It is traitorous. It's betrayal. Did you hear me? And who is the father of lies? You're talking the enemy's language. Everybody say faithful and true. Can't be faithful unless you are completely honest all the time. With everybody about everything. Make up your mind. There's no option but to tell the truth. Right? Are you with me now? I said make up your mind. I've had people look at me across the desk crying and say, Well, I didn't think he could handle the truth. I just couldn't tell him the truth. You mean the Lord told you it was okay? Not to tell him the truth? Never. Never. Now I'm going to say something you may think is too much, but... Uh, you know, it's it's me, and, and you need to know this about me and about this church and about this ministry. I love the truth more than I love my people, my parents, my wife. I love the truth more than I love my own life and breath. Amen. You might say, that's too much, Brother Keith. No, it's not. Because when I say that, that's the same thing as saying I love the Lord. Same thing as saying, I love the Bible. He said, thy word is truth. Same thing as saying, I love the Holy Spirit. He is called the Spirit of truth. Didn't Jesus say, I am the way, the truth. Did you hear me? The life, the light. I'm going to say it again. I love the truth more than I love my wife, my family, my friends, my own breath and life. I would die for the truth. Did you hear me? It's what I get up every morning and take breaths for. Amen. To study the truth. To think about the truth. To preach the truth. To live the truth. I hate a lie as much as anything I know of on the planet. 
Amen. Amen. I want you to do the same. I said, I want you to do the same. Everybody said out loud, I love the truth. I I hate lies. I I will not not tell a lie lie at any time time. for anybody, for any any reason, reason, ever. ever. Amen. Tell the truth if it costs you your job. Tell the truth if it costs you a relationship. Tell the truth if it costs you your last dime. And God will honor it. He'll bless you. Amen. He'll bring you up. He'll restore you anyway. In order to be faithful, you must be true. Now, here's something else that's part of being true. Have you ever heard of a faithful copy or a faithful representation? That means it's true to the original. It's just like whatever it came from. A faithful representation. To be faithful, you must be exact. And you must not take the liberties to take from or add to. Are you with me? How many know the scripture said in Revelation, uh, talking about the prophecies and the words that he had given, that you do not take from it. Right? And you do not add to it. To take from it means you could be taken out of some of the things of God. To add to it means some curses and judgments could be added to you. And the the things I'm about to tell you are very sobering things. And I don't want you to get down about it. But we need to know this. How the Lord is about this. When He tells you do this, He means not almost that. Not that plus some other stuff. He means do what He said. Amen. And it can cost severely if you don't. Go with me, if you would, in the Scripture, in the Old Testament, to the book of Numbers. Everybody say faithfulness. means being true. In Numbers, the 20th chapter, is there any benefits to you of being faithful? You'll do what? Abound. I like the sound of that. Sounds like too many blessings. Abound in blessings. Numbers 20. Moses had a great record of being faithful and obeying God. I mean, you'll find some, I think it's some ten or some dozen places where it said the Lord told Moses to do such and such. And Moses did as the Lord said. The Lord said, do this. And Moses did. The Lord said, obey this. And Moses obeyed. And Moses did. And Moses did. But he got to a place here where he decided to do something different. And it was a serious thing. In Numbers, the 20th chapter, are you there? Are you all okay with me today? Have you got a few minutes here for us to take time and finish this up properly? I mean, if you're too busy and you've got to get away to something, you just go ahead. You know, I won't be offended. But otherwise, I'm going I'm to finish. Numbers 20 and verse 1. Then came the children of Israel, the whole congregation, to the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh. Miriam died there and was buried there. There was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses, and they said, Would God we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? Why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness, that we and our cattle should die here? Now in verse 7, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, Take the rod 
And gather thou the assembly together, you and Aaron your brother, and speak you to the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and you shall bring forth to them water out of the rock, so you shall give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also, and everything was okay. No, it was not. Do you understand getting results does not always mean everything is okay? People try to say, well, you know, the end justifies the means. No, it does not. No, it does not. You can get results. You can get a miracle and still be in big trouble with God. Because you didn't do what he told you to do. Did Moses do what the Lord told him to do? What did he tell him to do? Speak to the rock. And what did Moses decide to do? Hit it with a stick. But it worked. But is he okay? He is seriously not okay. Now, this happened once before. Do you remember? Over in Exodus, the Lord told him to strike the rock with his rod. And he did. And water came out. And I'm sure when this came up, we we can see and look from other scriptures that Moses is agitated. He is frustrated with his people to no end. They provoked his spirit. His anger. He was mad. And he got up there and he said, you bunch of rebels, you rebellious bunch, are we going to have to get water for you out of this rock? How many understand he's off? What's this we? We going to get water for you. Hmm? And he says, you know, he's probably thinking, I've been here before. I've done this. I know how to do this. You hit it with the rock and it comes out. You hit it with the stick. So he hit it. Nothing happened. He hit it again. Out comes the water. Listen to what the Lord says. Verse 12. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. He said, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. That's serious. Now, do you understand this was not a mistake? Moses didn't get up there and get confused and go, let's see, well, now, last time I hit it, but did he say speak? Was it hit or speak? Mm, I don't know. I'll just say, I hit it last time. Uh-uh. No. This is, everybody said no mistake. And see, here's the thing. The more you know about the Lord and the more he's done for you and the more communion you've had with him and the better you know, the more serious it is. When you get rebellious and you decide you're going to do it your own way. Now, this is serious. This is, you understand, this is how this whole thing started out in the wilderness, is God's going to bring them into the promised land. And Moses has been through all the stuff in Pharaoh's court. He's been through all this wilderness stuff. And what's the prize? What's the pot at the end of the rainbow? Getting to go into the Canaan's land. And on this day, he rebels against God. He doesn't honor and sanctify God in the eyes of the people. And the Lord said, you're not going in. Now, if you think that's too harsh, then you don't understand faithfulness. 
And you don't understand that the more place the Lord gives you and the more blessing He gives you, the more serious it is when you decide to do your own thing. How many understand, I mean, if you're talking, you know, to your neighbor across the fence and you tell them something wrong, that's one thing. If I get up here and I lead all everybody astray, and I know it is not right. How many understand that's serious? I know it's not right, but I do it to get money or I do it to manipulate you some way or another. And I am able to use the scripture and able to convince you and able to deceive you. And I know it's not right. How many understand that's serious? And I could be judged severely. I could disqualify myself from something I'm supposed to enjoy. Keep reading. In Deuteronomy, turn right on over there to the third chapter. Deuteronomy 3. Now I believe we're looking at these things today, not so you can get scared, but so you can keep this from happening. Amen? So that when things come up, you know what to do and how to respond so that this never happens to you. In Deuteronomy 3, Deuteronomy 3 and verse 23, Deuteronomy 3, 23, he said, I besought the Lord at that time, and I said, O Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand, for what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to your works and according to your might? I pray you, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain and Lebanon. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said to me, let it suffice you, speak no more to me of this matter. This is serious, isn't it? Moses was a, was a holy man and he loved God. And you see this toward the end of his life. He says, come on, God, let me go in. I've come this far. Let me go in. And the Lord said, no, don't bring it up to me again. And he didn't. He told him. He, not long after this, if you read toward the end of the book here, he said, go up into the mountain. And he saw it from a distance with his eyes, but he wasn't able to go in. Why? The Bible said he did not sanctify the Lord in the eyes of the people. Boils down to this. He didn't do what he was told. And he knew what he was supposed to do. And he decided he'd just do something different. To be faithful, you must be true. True to the direction of the Lord. Right? True to what you're told. The key to miracles is what Mary told the, the people at the wedding uh, supper. Whatever he says to you, what? Jazz it up? Add some stuff to it? No? Have a better idea? No. Do what he said to do. Go quickly with me over to the book of Samuel. First Samuel. The 13th chapter. I know this is sobering this morning, but we need all kinds of messages. Don't we? We need things that make you jump and shout and want to run. We need things that make you want to repent too. Right? We need it all. You don't just live on ice cream and potato chips. You need some turnip greens and cornbread. Right? You need some things stick to your ribs too. So, First Samuel 13.
Saul had reigned one year. You know, when Saul got into office, he was very timid, even humble. When they looked for him to try to crown him as king, he was hid in the baggage, (laughs) embarrassed. And they had to pull him out and crown him. But within a year's time, living in the big house and wearing the nice clothes, he had changed. And the, the prophet told him to go to a certain place and wait till he got there and he was going to offer the sacrifice for him before they went into battle. Well, they went there. And verse 8, he tarried seven days according to the set time Samuel had appointed, but Samuel didn't come there. And the people were scattered and Saul said, bring a burnt offering to me and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. Got out of his place. Usurped the place of prophet and priest. And he, and he had good reasons. He thought, well, yeah, but it was getting late and, and the people were uh, uh, going from me. And, and everybody knows we had, to, we had to give the offering. We had to make the sacrifice. So I just went ahead and did it. And as soon as it came to pass, everybody say as soon. I mean, he just got through doing it and Samuel walks up. See, this was a test, wasn't it? And Saul went out to meet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? And he said, you know, because I saw the people were scattered from me and you came not within the days, then, you know, I I said, the Philistines are going to come and I forced myself. And we went ahead and offered the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You've not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. You would, uh, The Lord would have established your kingdom upon Israel forever. But now the kingdom shall not continue. And the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. What would be a man after his own heart? Somebody faithful. Somebody that wants to do what he wants them to do. That will do what he tells them to do. Right? Did Saul learn his lesson this day? He did not. I said he did not. He made excuses. He explained it away. He rationalized it. I had to do it. Skip on over to the 15th chapter. Chapter 15. And verse 1. This is sobering, sobering things, but we need to remind ourselves of this. Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you to be king over his people. Over Israel. Now listen to the voice and the words of the Lord. He said, I want you, verse 3, go. This is 1 Samuel 15, 3. Go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. Spare them not. Man, woman, infant, sucking, ox, sheep, camel, ass. What does that mean? Everything. Everything. Was he unclear about this? No. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them. And he came. Verse 6, he told the Kenites to get out so they wouldn't be uh, consumed. Verse 7, he smote the Amalekites. Verse 8, he took Agag and left him alive. Verse 9, he and the people spared Agag and they spared the best of the sheep and the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, they destroyed that. Why did he do that? Why did he think he had a better idea? Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed, excuse me, I, um, 
verse 10, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. He said, it repents me that I have set up Saul to be king. Now that's a statement, isn't it? I wish I hadn't put him in there. God said, I wish I hadn't put him in there. For he's turned back from following me. And Samuel cried and prayed to the Lord all that night. And verse 12, Samuel rose up and came to meet him. Verse 13, Samuel came to Saul and Saul said, Blessed be thou the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Is this a faithful man? He is not. Samuel said, well now what, what's this bleeding of the sheep and this lowing of the cows I hear? What, what is that? Saul said, well you know they, the people, brought them from the Amalekites because the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord. We, we, we left it to give to the Lord. But the rest we did just like the Lord told us, we destroyed it. Samuel said, stay and let me tell you what the Lord told me last night. He said, when you were little in your own sight, didn't the Lord make you head of the tribes and king of Israel? The Lord sent you and told you something to do. Why did you not obey the voice of the Lord and fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord? How many know it's time to repent? Majorly. It's time to repent. Did he do it? Saul said, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Defiance. Arguing. Explaining. I did, I did what you told me to do, but you know, I saved Agag because we need to bring him back. And the people, they kept some sheep and oxen and stuff, you know. Is it okay to make exceptions? The Lord tell you to do something. The Lord told us to come to Branson, start a church. What if I said, well, you know, probably Miami would be just as good. Huh? Or Denver is a nice place. Hmm? Or maybe I won't start a church. Maybe I'll have this. Maybe I'll do this. Is it okay? Is it okay for you to just change things in midstream? The Lord deal with you. Work there. Be a faithful employee. Can you just quit when you want to? Not if he's your Lord. Go to this church and hook up and be faithful. Can you just change churches when you want to? If he's your Lord, you can't. Right? Do this. Can you just change it? Can you alter it and it be okay? No, no. Being faithful means that you are true. And you're accurate and you're exact. You don't add to. You don't take from. You do what you're told to do. Have you ever seen the, the thing where they'll take a row of people and whisper something in somebody's ear for them to repeat it? You ever seen that? Maybe did that at school when you were a kid or something. And they tell the next person to them, whisper it. And they whisper it to the next. And by the time it gets to the end of the row, it's completely different than what they tell. What, why is that? Unfaithfulness. It was not passed down faithfully through the row. Why wasn't it? Somebody felt like that the word they wanted to use was just as good as the word that somebody told them. And that the way to say it like this was just as good, maybe better. And so they felt free to change it up, to adjust it, to add to, to take from. Everybody say unfaithful. Unfaithful. Do you understand that the Lord went on to tell him? He said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying? To obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken better than the fat of rams, for rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Is rebellion as bad as witchcraft? Man, that's serious. Is stubbornness as bad as worshiping a graven image? 
People don't think so. It's bad stuff. It can disqualify you. It can mess up your future. It kept Moses out of the promised land. It kept Saul from being the king that he was supposed to be. Amen. It cut off his future. Everybody say, to be faithful, you must be there. To be faithful, you must be true. Now thirdly, and in closing, to be faithful, you must be there at the end. I said at the end. Do you know what I mean by that? Go to Revelation, please, the second chapter. I know I'm going a little long today, but I don't want to short you. Revelation 2. I think I'm closing. (laughs) Revelation 2. And verse 10. Revelation 2.10 says, Fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you'll have tribulation ten days. What's the next phrase? Be thou faithful. How far? Unto death. And what will happen? I will give you a crown of life. Everybody say, Be faithful. Unto death. Now that's beyond being faithful unto discomfort. (laughs) Huh? How long are you to be faithful? How long are you to stay with something the Lord told you to stay with? I mean, what if I get tired of pastoring next week? Huh? What if I get tired of being a preacher next month? You know, it's not always fun. I've had people write me ugly letters. People despise you because of what you preach. It's not always fun. What if I say, well, you know what? (laughs) I'm tired of this. (laughs) If I'm going to be faithful, it makes no difference. Right? I said it makes no difference. If I'm going to be faithful, I get up. Amen? I put my feelings aside. I do what I know I'm supposed to do. And I do it gladly. If I have to take some toothpicks and poke up the corners of my mouth. If I have to get myself by the nap of the neck and say, you will rejoice. You will be glad. You will do this willingly. You will do this gladly. And how long am I to do this? Until I finish what the Lord has sent me to do. Amen. Amen. And until I finish my whole course. I like what the scripture said, Paul said in the book of Acts. He, they tried to tell him, don't go to, to, to Jerusalem. You know, don't, don't get in, in trouble with them. He said, listen, none of those things move me. I don't even count my life dear to myself that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry that I've received of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Everybody say finish. Amen. A faithful man finishes what he starts. A faithful woman finishes what the Lord told him. If it takes 10 years, if it takes 50 years, a faithful person will be there till it's done. Amen? Be there till it's done. I like this in in 2 Timothy. Paul charged Timothy. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. The living says, do it when it's convenient and do it when it is not. Amen. That's right. Stay with it. 
And finally, Paul said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Was Paul a faithful man? He stayed with it in the jail cell, floating in the ocean, being beaten with sticks. When people loved him, when they ran him out of town, he stayed with it. All the way to where he knew he's looking at the end of his life. He knew glory is just a few steps over the horizon. And he could look up and breathe a sigh of satisfaction and said, I did it. I fought the good fight. I ran my whole course. I'm finishing my race. And how many know what Jesus said in that day? He's going to look at those and he says, well done. You good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over much. How many believe it's going to happen just that way? Stand up on your feet. Are you a faithful man? That was weak. I said, are you a faithful man? A faithful woman. Are you a faithful person? I don't care what you've been in the past. Maybe your word was unfaithful. Maybe your uh, commitment. Maybe you're as an employee. Maybe as a church member. Maybe as a husband. Maybe as a wife. You have been unfaithful. That's the past. You, you are what you've become, but not what you have to be. How many believe you can change? How many believe God in you is bigger and stronger, uh, the greater one than the forces on the outside trying to influence in you? And even though your flesh might be strong and pull on you at times, you can have strength from the inside and say, no, no, I started this, I'm going to finish this. No, God told me I'm going to do exactly what he told me to, no more, no less, nothing else. I'm here and I'm here to the, to the end. To the duration. Sit out loud, pray it, and then say it. Father God, open my eyes. Help me to see and understand faithfulness more than I ever have before. Forgive me for being unfaithful in any measure, in any degree, at any time, with anybody. I regret it. Forgive me, I pray. And I purpose, by your grace, by your help, to be faithful. You are faithful. You're always faithful to me. And I will be faithful. I am a faithful child of a faithful God. I will go where you tell me to go. I will stay where you tell me to stay. I will do what you tell me to do. I will be faithful in the execution of it. I will not add to. I will not take from. I will not put my own ideas. Help me to do so and I'll be faithful. And I commit myself. I will follow you till the end. I will stay with it. I will finish the good fight. I will finish my race. I will finish my course with joy. And I will hear, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Praise God. Put your hands up and thank Him for helping you to do just that. He hears that prayer. Grace is coming to you right now. 
You can do, you can be differently now. Don't look back. Look forward. Not looking behind, but looking forward, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Say it one more time. I am a faithful person. And I will be from henceforth. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. If you would just close your eyes for a minute. Everybody just taking just a moment. Don't be in too big of a hurry now. Father, I've spoken this the best I know how. And I ask you, for every person in this place that doesn't know you, they haven't committed their life to you. They haven't been faithful to you because they haven't even committed themselves to you. Everyone that's not saved, that's not right with you, open their eyes and help them to see clearly their situation, that they're not okay. Help them to see that being baptized in water doesn't save you. That joining a church doesn't save you. Being reared in a Christian home does not in and of itself save you. You must be born again, Jesus said. And if you've been born again, you know you have. For everyone that has not, reveal it to them, show them, deal with them powerfully about it, draw them to yourself, and help them to see the price has been paid. If they just come to you, it can all be good, it can all be right. They can be saved and know that they are. I pray for them, draw them. Every person that has been saved but has not followed you fully, followed you for a while, but for whatever reasons got their eyes on the world and things in the world and got back into sin and wrongdoing. They've been running with people they got no business running with, doing things and going to places they got no business doing and going. They're not right. They're out of fellowship with you. They've been unfaithful to you. Lord, help them to see how far off they've gotten, how cold they are, that they're not okay. They're not ready to meet you today. Draw them back to yourself. Help them to see you love them still. You'll forgive them. You'll cleanse them. It can be better than it ever was if they just come back home. But they must come back. I pray in Jesus' name. With eyes closed, please nobody looking around. Friend, if I'm praying for you and you know that that's you and you need to make a move this morning, put up your hand while nobody's looking around. If you say, Brother Keith, that's me. I need to give my life to the Lord. I need to commit myself to Him. I haven't done so. I can't say I know I'm saved this morning. This is serious business. Yes, thank you. Put your hand up if that's you. And say, pray for me, Brother Keith. I need to know so. I need to make a change. Yes. Or you might say, Brother Keith, I hadn't wanted to admit it, but I'm that backslider you were praying about. I hadn't been living right at all. I've been unfaithful. I don't mean you made a mistake and repented. You've just left the Lord. You've just been living like you never were saved. You know you need to come back. If that's you, put your hand up. You say, pray for me, Brother Keith. I need to come back. I need to get back right with God. I know I'm not okay. Put your hand up. We'll pray for you. God will hear us. You can leave this place knowing that you know that you know that you're clean and right. As I look again. Here's one more thing. You might say, Brother Keith, I'm a Christian, but I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I haven't had this experience of power coming on me and and me speaking with tongues. I haven't experienced all this. If you believe in this and you want this, He's available today. We'll pray for you too. If that's you, put your hand up and say, Yeah, Brother Keith, I, I want to receive this. I'm hungry for this. I need this. I believe in it. Glory to God. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Anybody else that needs to join these? Once again, as I look, if you, if you lift your hand on any invitation, you say, Brother Keith, I need to give my life to the Lord, or I need to come back home to the Lord, or I need to come get filled with the Spirit. Either one, lift up your hand. We'll pray for you. There'll not be a better time than right now. 
Okay, listen, I'm going to pray for you. Before I do, remember what the Lord said? He said, if you're ashamed of me and my words before men, I'll be ashamed of you. But he said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father and his angels. So it's not okay to try to keep it a secret that you're a Christian. You've got to be willing to stand up in front of people on the job, at home, here, anywhere, and don't care who sees and knows that you're a Christian. So because of that, if you lifted your hand or you should have lifted your hand on any invitation, please, I want you to stand up right now by your seat. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. This is the moment of truth. If you say, yes, Brother Keith, I need to give my life to the Lord. I need to come back home right now up on your feet. If you lifted your hand or you should have up on your feet, please, right now in Jesus' name. Serious business. Don't, don't be robbed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. To give your heart to the Lord. To come back home to the Lord. To get filled with the Spirit. If you lifted your hand, or you should have. If God's dealing with you, up. Right now, up on your feet, please. In Jesus' name. It's real simple. If you don't know that you know that you are saved. And that you're right with God. And that you've been filled with the Spirit. You need to be standing up right now. Every one of us have come to Him at some time or another just like this. No, There's nobody who doesn't need Jesus. There's no Christian who doesn't need the fullness of the Spirit. Again, if you lifted your hand or you should have, please stand up right now. Right now. All right, praise God. Those of you standing, I want you to open your eyes. Look at me. I'm so glad you're not ashamed and that you're responding. I want you to be bolder yet and march right down here to the front and meet me. I'm going to pray with you in person right here, right now. Come, as we're saying, to receive what you what the Lord has for us. Go ahead and let's sing. Come to Jesus. Come on right now, please. You'll not regret this. And it's not too late now. Even if you didn't stand up, you didn't lift up your hands. If God's dealing with you, come on right now, please. Oh, thank you, Lord. Everybody come over on this side if you want. Glad you came. Come right over here, please. Yeah, just stand and face me if you would. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Amen. Glory to God. If you don't know that you know, if you're not sure that you're saved and right with God, had not been filled with the Spirit, get down here right now, please. Oh, thank you, Lord. You'll not be disappointed. There's nothing more wonderful. And receive, oh, thank you, Lord, for whatever you may need, you shall receive. Just continue to play. Now, it's not too late, even in the middle of the prayer, if God's dealing with you, get up, come on. If God's dealing with you and you don't, you'll kick yourself. You'll be miserable this afternoon, and it's foolish. There's no reason to be. When you can be free, you can be clear, clean, know that you're right with God. Friends, I'm going to pray for you. All you need to do is just expect the Lord to do for you what we're going to ask. Just expect it. Once you go ahead and focus on Him completely, close your eyes. Just think about Him. Put your mind on Him, your heart towards Him. He's real. The more you focus on Him, the more real He'll be to you. Lord, I pray for these precious dear ones. How you love them, we love them. You knew them before they were born. You knew they'd come to you. You knew they'd come back to you. You knew they'd want your fullness. And so you watched over them. You spared their life. You kept them. And you got them to this point today. Thank you. Thank you. You said those that come to you like this, that are drawn, no way would you refuse them. No way would you reject them. No way would you cast them out or aside. So we have your word for it that because they come believing, they are accepted in the beloved. Friends, pray this. In fact, everybody, say this out loud. 
with all the faith that you have. Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus. That he died on the cross and paid the full price for all my sins, all my failures, every mistake. I believe you've raised him from the dead. He's alive right now. King of kings, Lord of lords, soon to come again. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Thank you for loving me, saving me, washing me, forgiving me, making me free. As you help me, I will follow you, serve you all my days. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Put your hands up and thank Him for hearing that prayer. If you believe that, then it is done right now. Every sin washed away, guilt and shame and embarrassment rolled away, removed from you. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Praise God. Friends, look at me. Listen, that is done. That is done. Never after today let anybody, including your own memories or anybody that knows you, make you feel bad or guilty or ashamed about anything that you've said or done before today. Because according to the word, it's gone. It's not too good to be true. You stand before the Lord right now as clean as though you never made a mistake. It's wonderful. Now you can serve God. You can do what you need to do. This is not all. Some of you came to be filled with the Spirit. All of you need to be filled to overflowing before you get out of here. We have a place of ministry we want you to go to just a few steps from here. Ministers train to touch base with you. Some printed materials we want to give you at no charge that explains these things. You can use it to help other people receive what you've received. Would you turn to your left, everybody? Just turn right over here to your left. Brother Dave, follow him right now to the place of ministry. Please take the time to get the rest of what you come for. Everybody stand up and let's praise God for these people and what they receive. Oh, hallelujah. Let's thank God. Oh, what a good God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What happens to faithful people? They abound in blessings. They are increased. God adds to them. He promotes them. He blesses them. They become powerful. Amen. They become rich. Yeah, I said it. Amen. They, be, they abound in blessings on every hand. Who am I talking to? Huh? Are you a faithful man? This church is full of faithful people. I'm telling you it is. It's, I'm speaking by faith, but it's a fact. It's a faith fact. Amen. Faithful fathers. Faithful husbands. Faithful mothers. Faithful wives. Faithful employees. How many know what a witness it is to you when you're faithful on the job? It's witness to your fellow workers. It's witness to your boss. Amen. It's a witness to people all round about. It's a light that you don't just preach, but you also live. Glory to God.